Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills. Dykewood Mills is the founder of the Lighthouse Chapel International denomination with over 3,000 branches worldwide. He is a healing evangelist and an author of several best-selling books. He is also the pastor of the First Love Church, a campus ministry with over 500 branches. The First Love Church is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to Dyke Hewitt Mills. That draws us to Hallelujah. Oh, why don't you celebrate the goodness of God? Put your hands together for Jesus. How many of you are grateful for the life of the prophet? Oh, stand up and give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Let's appreciate the gifts that God has given to us in this house. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. You know, one day Jesus told his disciples, are you going to go away? And Peter told him, where should we go? You have the words of life. How many of you have received life as you've come to church week in, week out, and heard the prophecies and the teachings and the, and the preachings of the prophet? Our lives are getting better every day. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Today we have powerful testimonies of how people came to church and they had a word, they had a declaration, they had a prophecy, they had a teaching. And it turned their life completely around. Amen. And as you hear these testimonies, you are the next person to receive a testimony. If you believe it, shout, Amen. Hallelujah. I'll be reading our first testimony all the way from Brazil. Amen. My name is Ninet Dodu and I'm in Primero Amor, Sao Paulo, Brazil. I want to thank God for making me see a prophecy of the prophet come to pass practically in my life. At a prophetic encounter service, the prophet prophesied that good things are coming into your life. And not just that, but they are coming like a bullet. I see a good thing coming into your life like a bullet. Receive it in Jesus' name. I am a law student finishing my second year. And from the beginning of the year, I've been looking forward for an internship, but not actively. I went for one interview and they said they would call me back, but they never did. A couple of weeks ago, my mom suggested that we ask an auntie who was also a lawyer but works in China if she knew anybody who could help me. Two weeks ago, she contacted a colleague of hers here in Sao Paulo and the same evening I was called for an interview. I went for the interview and I was asked to do some tests. By the grace of God, I passed the test. 
The next day, I was called for a second interview. And they told me the lawyer who had interviewed me gave a very good feedback and recommended me for the job. This law firm is one of the top law firms in the whole of Brazil. They offered an incredibly fat salary for an intern who is just 19 years old. I mean, they were rather asking me if I want to be part of their team or not. I have experienced the prophecies practically in my life. Thank you, prophet, for always speaking into our life. Two weeks ago, I would, I would, have, I would have never thought I would be working at one of the top law firms in this country. No matter where you are, you can receive the prophecies, even if your faith is like a mustard seed. Glory to God. Happy birthday, prophet. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. I see a prophecy being fulfilled practically in your life this week. Amen. Let's put our hands together for our next testimony from Jolene. She's in the Greater Love Gospel Choir. As she testifies of what God has done for her. Do it better for Jolene. Tell us what has God done for you. Happy birthday, Prophet. My name is Geraldine Harris. I want to testify of how I saw the prophecy of receiving a brand new phone, a new brand new phone, fulfilled practically in my life in December. Wow, tell us about it. So last December, Daddy prophesied that we'll receive brand new phones. And I had been needing phones for a while. So at that time, as soon as the prophecy came, December passed and I didn't receive it, but then I said I would still hold on to that prophecy. So January, the first week of January, my dad sent money and I received a brand new Huawei Y9 from my dad. And I just want to say thank God, thank you daddy for prophesying into our lives. Whatever you've been <laughs> expecting for a long time, whatever you are believing God for a long time for, receive it this week in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. And let's welcome um, our final testimony from Ma- Maureen Colley. She's a Bacenta leader in Lagon. Do it better for her. Put your hands together for her. Maureen, what has God done for you? Happy prophet. My name is Maureen Colley and I'm from Liman Center. My testimony is about how a prophecy was practically fulfilled in my life. So somewhere during the semester, I went to write an I, and I realized I couldn't find my index number. But I didn't bother because I thought it was just an error. But during the week, I thought it occurred to me to check just in case I didn't register for the course. So I checked, and I realized that none of the courses I registered for the semester was showing. And at that time, registration had ended. I became very worried, so I went to the academic affairs unit, and I met a man there. He told me to write a letter and defend my course and come back next year. And what year are you in? <laughs> Final year. So, so in effect, the man was telling me you cannot I can't graduate. graduate, yes. Wow. So I became very worried. I decided to go to a different place. I was told the same thing. And I wrote a letter to the academic affairs directorate. When I got there, the woman told me she's very sorry. They can't help me. I should just go. And I just prayed to God. Eventually, she accepted the letter. But she still didn't want to help me. I had to go there week after week for three weeks. And during the three weeks, I came across an audio of the prophet's prophesying. And he said that whatever problem we are facing, we are receiving a solution to it. And that we are hearing good news this week. So the Friday, I, I, I remember we had a test online. And because I hadn't registered, I missed the test. 
And the Sunday after that, I came to church and daddy prayed again. The prophet prophesied and he said, we'll receive good news this week. So I really believed it. I went back to school and then Wednesday, I went back to the office. And by the time I got back to my hall, the issue had been resolved. They had uploaded their courses. That same week? Yes, that same week. From Sunday to Wednesday? that same week. You have been chasing the issue for more than three weeks. For more than three weeks. And they told you you have to prepare your course. A prophecy is about to turn your life. Oh, you are still sitting down. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. I see your life realigning itself. The prophecy that you have received. I really want to thank God because just yesterday I wrote my last paper. I'm very grateful to God and thank you, for Prophet, for prophesying week after week over our lives. I'm really grateful. Wow. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. The Bible says they prospered through the prophesying of the prophet. I believe God has blessed us with the gifts. We have to believe and receive, and your life will never be the same again. Put your hands together for powerful testimonies. Amen. Were you blessed by the testimonies? We have another powerful ministration. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Ida! Afraid that people will laugh at me. 
Jesus, I'm not following the woman. Jesus said, if any man come after me and hates not his father, his mother, and even his family, he cannot be my disciple. The works of Jesus are so real. Jesus said unto his disciples,
spirit of Lucifer is a spirit of pride. Oh, it makes you separate yourself. So don't let Lucifer make you separate yourself from the family. Oh, Satan is the Teach the word. 
word of God. Do not joke with this message. See if you take this message lightly. I don't want 
we're loving shepherd Tell me where were you When I needed somebody to talk with About a fault of mine That I had carried around for so very long I couldn't share it with just anybody Cause anybody, anybody wouldn't understand me And when I couldn't talk with you That's when I felt so all alone Oh, I know, I know, I know that you love me But sometimes you don't know, you don't know what it's like You don't know what I've been through And how hard it's been Mary, the 
She'll never say I love you. She'll only say me too. She'll never say I miss you. She'll only say me too. Am I gonna have a sweet mama full of love? Oh, why are you such a poor love? No attention, no affection. Children have a sweet mama. me. Mm-hmm. 
our relationship was gonna last I thought I was onto something permanent Now I guess it was just a passing feeling oh, I guess I was just another girl on your list I guess you just needed a friend for the season Oh God help my poor little heart Oh Lord I should have prayed about everything I should have listened to the Holy Spirit I should have waited on the Lord I should have followed the word of God I should have Exactly, did you mean when you said I love you? Oh, brother, what exactly? What exactly? Tell me what exactly you mean when you say I love you? Oh, brother, what exactly?
Enjoying Ida's concert, please take out an offering. Take out a very powerful offering this morning. Reach out for a very good offering. Don't take the five CD notes or the ten CD notes. Honor the Lord with a good substance this morning and lift up your offering high above your head as we pray. Only two people are given this morning. Take out a good offering. Father, we thank you for blessing us this morning with a good offering. Bless the seed that we are given in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Ida. Spirit of a saved man is righteous 
Hallelujah. Well, it's Founders Day and we are celebrating our father's birthday. And it's Founders Day and we are celebrating our father's birthday. What a blessing it is to be in church and to be in the house of God. And I believe God has a powerful word for us 
And I believe God has something that's going to change and bless us today. And so, Daddy, happy birthday as we welcome you up here on stage. We can't wait to hear yet another word, yet another blessing, yet another impartation. First Love Church, are you excited to have your prophet back? Then give the Lord a shout! When you put your trust in God, nothing is impossible. You're trusting in His Word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word. For everything, oh everything, yes everything is possible. Thank you for this opportunity. Today we are blessed to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts and guide us. Help us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a blessing. We're excited to be back home. Last week, Sunday, I was in Seshi. I don't know where, which of them? Seshi Bekwai, which is an important place in Ghana. And, um, We were blessed there in three towns. We had crusades, Seshi Asariensung and Seshi Bekwai and Seshi Yosum. And we also saw many things. I've never been to that part of Ghana. Um, we saw a, a town called Awaso, which has all the bauxite we need in Ghana to build every single road, airport, harbor, and everything. It's enough there. But you wouldn't believe that it's an important place when you drive by. You see many railway tracks that were once in use but are no longer 
in use today, covered with sand, abandoned. It was a place where there was an even interchange of trains. Yeah. And um, the British left us with 947 kilometers of railway, which, as you know, I don't know how many of you have ever been on a train. Uh, if you haven't, it's not the fault of the British. It's the fault of those who came after the British. Because they spoiled the, the trains. There's no more trains. Amazing. So we are rich in Ghana. It's the kind of diabetes. A lot of sugar in the blood, but it's, it's not getting to the cells. How many are surprised to find that there is a small town which has enough bauxite to cover Ghana with everything that we need? And Ghana is the same. The road to Kumasi is the same as it has ever been. Amazing. But we thank the Lord for the opportunity to see and to learn. Bad leadership has made Ghana poor, poor looking, but actually it's not a poor country. Are you still there? So you you must learn, we must all learn from that. Okay? And... um, We will be blessed if we can learn. One of the reasons why we bad things are written in the Bible is so that we learn from them and we see that we are just the same. All right? This morning, I want to preach about a very short message, but on um, a word in the Greek, siniazo. Siniazo. All right, spelled S I N I A Z O. Siniazo against the anointing. So, Siniazo against the anointing. All right, so the word is S I N I A Z O. It's a Greek word, and it means to shake and to sift in a sieve. All right. Now, this word is found um, in relation to, it's found only once in the Bible, in Luke 22, verse 31. It's against the anointing. And in verse 31, I want you to learn something today. And I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. It says, And the Lord said to Simon, Lord Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Amen. And when thou art converted, strengthen 
thy brethren. Right? And verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Now, this is, I want you to see the work of the devil very, very clearly. So from today, you know, you will never doubt when the devil is attacking you. You will not think that it is, you are confused. Because the devil loves to be the attacker who is hidden. That's why he is described as a snake, a serpent. Because one of the main tools or weapons of the devil is a camouflage and ambush. So, you know, when you watch a, a, a little documentary about snakes, you will no longer walk happily through forests and grass because there are snakes that are looking just like the leaves, brown leaves. The head is just like the leaf. Brown. You always be thinking of green or black, but brown like the brown leaves. And you see the green snakes like the green grass. And the main weapon is to hide and blend with the surroundings so that you never see them. That's why every time we kill a snake, we can't even believe that you found a snake here. It's like there's no snake anywhere. You have weeded the whole place, cut down everything, put cement, and then you see a snake there. You wonder where has this thing been? So that is the devil. He loves to hide behind issues and things and be the one who is causing all the trouble. So when the devil, when Jesus says, Satan has desired to do something, we must all turn our video cameras to that day and see what, did, what happened to Peter. Now, what happened to Peter was very clear. Number one, he said, I have a great vision for my life. My life is to follow Jesus Christ to prison and even to death, which you can't find many people with such deep Great visions for God. I want to follow you to where? Maybe to America or somewhere else. But this one, it says, I will follow you to prison and to death. So this is a very high vision. Now, by the time Satan finished working on Satan that day, Jesus told him before the cock crows, and if you are a night person, you know the sounds of the night. And tonight, for instance, the bed, a bed that sings, was out of time in my house today. Because when he started singing, I said, no, this is the wrong time. <laughs> it was about 20 minutes off. 
Because it's exactly 4.15, he sings. And today he was about 10 to, uh, 10 to 4. And I said, no, this is the, the wrong time. No, it's, it's quarter to five, actually. And he started singing about 4.20. I said, no. So he kept quiet and then started again at quarter to five. <laughs> so for, for the cock crowing, it's a particular time. That's why it's used to time things. Now, he said, by the time the cock crows, Satan would have finished with you. And what happened? Peter was put under serious pressure to change his vision. The idea of going to prison, Peter abandoned it all. He said, no, no, no. So do you know Jesus Christ? Are you, are you one of the members? No. I say, number one, I'm not going to prison because I see that you have imprisoned him. Number two, I'm not going to die because I see there's some death, spirit of death somewhere. So he was retreating from his vision. That's what Satan wants to do to you. He wants you to backtrack so that you, you are now changing your, your vision. You are no longer on the road that, he, that you, had, you had for your life. Your life is actually changing. Now, no more death. Uh, sorry, I've changed my mind about death. Prison? Certainly not. I've seen what it means to be a prisoner. Okay, now let's go to membership. Say, no, no, I'm not a member. Then he went back further and, and, and the, the next a person came to him and said, um, you are with, and he said, no, I don't know him. Then he went on to say, I, I have never known him. So he was moved from, you see, and he was tempted. He said, woman, I, I don't know him, the person. I, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know even his name. What is his name? What did you say his name was? I, I don't know him. So you go so far, you see, and, and he said, another one said to him, thou art also of them. And he said, man, I am not. Man. Respect yourself. Don't say things you don't know. I say I don't know him. And even a child came to him. Yes. There was a child also. One of the other Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. A child came and said, and he said, no, 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 no. Me? I'll slap you. I said, I don't know. I don't know this guy. So you see that um, one and a, a damsel, yeah, a little young, beautiful lady. He said, No, I said, I'm not. I'm not a disciple. I've left the church, I've left the ministry. I have no more preaching. I went out casting devils, but I'm not, a, I'm not a disciple. A prison, forget it. Death, forget it. Church, forget it. This, I'm not. Vision is changed. Ministry, no. Maybe you even have a vision to be a husband of one wife. There will be a great pressure to change you to a husband of two wives or three wives. Yes. Without realizing, before you realize it, it's, that's what has happened. So Satan to sift you like wheat, that's what it means. 
It means to put pressure on you so that your original vision and your love for God should be set aside and you now become something different from what you were setting out to be. Yeah. Are you with me? And how many realize that many people are different from what they set out to be? Yes. Some of you criticize your fathers and you criticize your parents but you are now wilder than them. Whatever it was you didn't like, that's how you are. And wilder. Yeah. Because sometimes you even set your vision that whatever my father is, that is what I don't want to be. How many have had such a vision before? Raise your hand, please. Yes. And if you don't take care, before you, re- you can say Jack Robinson, you are actually becoming exactly what you said I don't want to be or what you want to be. You, you, are, you are different. And wilder. Yes. So, that is satanic pressure. And there is always satanic pressure for people who God has chosen. Yes. So, if God has chosen you, you can expect Satanic pressure. And now, by the way, you, re- you can see this story that no dragon with wings appeared in the story. A young girl appeared. A man appeared. And who else appeared? Two men. A young ma- a man, a maid, a man, a damsel, another man. So the devil is, Jesus, I guess that Satan is doing something. He's here now. But we didn't see any dragon. We didn't see any snake. We just saw a little girl. We saw a man. We saw another man. That, that's Satan working on. That is the meaning of Satan working. And they are speaking words which are pushing you away from what you have decided to do. Yes. So Satan has decided to sift you. Meanwhile, we never saw any snake, dragon, bad monster. We just saw a little girl. We just saw so sometimes when Satan is attacking, you just see a man. You see a woman. You see a maid. You see a person. A damsel. A human being. Talking. Even just asking innocent questions. It's changing your direction. That's the devil actually working at that moment. That's why Jesus said, you see, most of us don't have discernment. When Peter said, you will not die on the cross, Jesus said to him, Satan, get thee behind me. So that means that even good people who have chosen to be disciples can be identified as the devil. When they behave like the devil and they talk like the devil or the effect of their talking is like the effect of a devil. And can be your closest Peter. Can be your closest beloved. Yes. Can be your wife. Can be your husband. Can be your assistant. Yes. That's Satan working. I'm just showing you from the Bible. I didn't write it. We are all reading it. Did you see any snake in the story? Did you see any dragon in the story? What did you see in the story? A man... A, a, a damsel, 
another man. That's all. And they were talking. And this, the, the, the effect of their speaking was, in the end, you didn't go to prison. You didn't go to death. You didn't be the ministry. If you, you said you've never even heard of Jesus Christ before. Not heard of Jesus Christ before. Wow. You've not attended any camp before. <laughs> you, you, you said you've never been for any meeting before. You said you don't understand what is being talked about. Yes. So, from today, I want you to be able to identify anything that is taking you away. from the court. I have not been a pastor without pressure being on me. There's pressure. It's like I'm standing. I don't know if you've ever had a strong wind blowing. I always minister with pressure. I'm always under pressure with like a wind that is blowing either this way or this way or this way or this way. Yes. And that is the condition under which you, yes, I'm doing what I'm doing, but not that there is no pressure. That's how it is. Yeah. From different quarters or different quarters. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes. yes. So, I want you to decide whatever whatever desire or goal you have for God, whatever vision you have for God, don't let Satan, and again, not a dragon, a, a man, a woman, a damsel, a human being, a word, a little bit of advice, Take you away from what God has put so much in your heart. I'm telling you. Because that is it. You see, that's why people who are called are usually young. When you are young, you've not seen so many pressures. So you hear God's voice clearly. It's as you grow, then you start hearing other things. And then the pressure comes. Don't do this. Don't do this. This is not necessary. But that's what's necessary. Yes. You know, God has given us just a few years to prove our love to him. To prove that we love him. To prove that we will serve him. What do you think this life is about? You know, many rich people are confused. I, have, I remember one businessman asking, what, what, what are you working for? Like, what are you, so he's trying to do this, to get this contract, to get this, and then after that, what? Because you've already got where you stay, you've already got what you eat, you've got, already got cars to drive, you've already got food to eat, you've already paid your children's school fees. So what, so what, 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 what? like, what is the goal? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I think that most people are not philosophical, but if you think a little it will make you depressed because you realize you are working for nothing. The Bible says there is one alone and there is not another. He has neither brother nor sister nor mother nor husband nor wife. And yet there is no end to all of his labor. Ecclesiastes 4. There is no end to all of his labor. He's always working, but you don't know why he is really working. So when you come to church, Ecclesiastes 4, look at it. There is one alone. And there is not a second. That is, he's alone. He lives alone even. He has no wife. He has neither child nor brother. 
He didn't even bother with wife. He had neither child nor brother. Yet there is no end to all of his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. And neither saith he, For whom do I labor? Like, who am I working for? Since I have neither brother nor child. And for whom do I bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity. And it is a sore travail. So, you must rise up in your heart and believe that whatever vision God gives you spiritually, you must have a spiritual vision. You can't just have a vision to do your masters. To do this, to do that. I am a, I am a doctor. A doctor is worth masters, first degree and so on combined together. Seven years in school. But it had no effect on my vision to serve God. As soon as the opportunity was clear and I had fulfilled what my parents, my father wanted me to do, that was it. I said, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. And I took my small gap in the door and I went through it. I said, this is it. I'm out. Yeah. Because my father who took me to school when I was 18 years old, university, I had to finish the seven years of school. By the time I was 25 years old, I was already a pastor, although I was a student. But that one, he didn't know about it. So, do not let Satan take away your call to full-time ministry. When you die and you see that you never fulfilled the call, eh, you, you, you will regret so much. It matters if you are to be diagnosed with a disease where you see that you are now going to die. That's when you see how your mind will change. And as you get older, you see more of these things. So you have to be very resistant to satanic pressure that is pushing you away from God and away from a wonderful Holy Spirit given vision. I want to serve God. I want to preach. I want to do his will. I want to be a good person. You are tired of smoking, drinking, and fooling. And you have in your heart that I want to be at this type of person. And you can see that now that you have chosen to serve God, there is pressure on you from all sorts of sources. If you have decided to serve the Lord, and a girl, a girl's love, is she the way she speaks to you, wrapping you, sounding so soft like she's made of jelly? Don't be deceived. She's not soft at all. She's cunning and sly. She has metamorphosized into a soft thing, but she's very hard. Yes. You see, older people sometimes, they don't seem to cry or have feelings. It's because they've seen so many things. But say, look at what you, see, you are saying. There's nothing real about you. 
Tell your neighbor sitting by you, be real. Eh? I'm not impressed with all fake behaviors. I've been, I'm well trained in my church. You can't, you can't deceive me with your apparent, very soft and whatever. Yeah. Are you listening to me? God has given you a vision. God has put it in your heart to love him and to serve him so much that I will go to prison and to death. And some people are able to take you off that course with just slight sounding words. And it's all camouflaged as if it's love and care. Or even like, oh, I I seems I know you somewhere. I, I thought I saw you on the crusade. Are you not one of the just a question. And Peter said, no, 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 I don't know you. I say, I swear, I swear heaven and earth. How many are going to allow somebody? One day I saw a brother in the church. He had a beloved. After two years, one year he was not marrying her. Two years he was not marrying her. Three years he was not marrying her. Four years he was not marrying her. Then one day I realized that the brother has no plans of marrying this girl. So I called him and interviewed him privately. I said, brother, what is the what is going on? What is going on? Why are you not moving? What's the secret? And he told me, he said, when I met this girl, I was a good boy. I was clean till I met this girl. Sheila. Please, if you are Sheila, don't, don't, it's a song. Sheila is a song. It's a song. She didn't take me up, she took me down. And he never married her. Yes. Like this, like this, like this. May, may any voice which is fighting you and trying to keep you away from serving God and loving God be a cursed voice today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now watch out for neutral voices. Voices which don't seem to be saying don't do it all. But they are just asking questions for information. I, 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 are, you part, are you a member of the team? But that question is frightening you. Are you a member of the team? The question you are asking, yes, it's true in English. It's just information. We are just asking you a question, Peter. It's a simple question. But it's having such an effect. It's frightening you. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. God will take care of you. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 2. Beautiful. How many enjoyed Ida's concert? Now, Second Kings chapter 2, from verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 1. And it came to pass, hallelujah, When the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind.
that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Verse number two. And Elijah said to Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said to him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Verse 3. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha. I hope you are realizing this is what we call the battle for the double portion anointing on your life. The battle for the double portion of anointing on your life. Yeah. The sons of the prophet were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, I know it. Hold your peace. You see, pressure, just questions, little questions, like innocent questions, innocent comments, just a little comment about your life. And before you realize, you are going off course. Meanwhile, you are earmarked for anointing. Hey. Verse 4. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee. For the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And then in verse 5, and the sons of prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, So sons of the prophet at Bethel have spoken. Another group of sons of prophets. All these are unanointed pastors. Unanointed prophets who will never catch such anointings. They are asking apparently innocent questions. And those innocent questions are meant to tell you that. Do you know you are wasting your time with this man? Do you know that it's just a waste of time that he's going to be taken away anyway? Don't you know that he's going and you you have nothing? You are following him for nothing. Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master? They said it to him in Bethel. They said it to him in Jericho. And he said, I know it. I know what you are saying. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Ah. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. You see, people are watching you to see what's going to become of you as you serve the Lord. Putting pressure on you. Sometimes the presence of the people just looking at you like that. We will see how it will be. We will see, huh? You say you are a Christian. You say you want to be in the ministry. We'll see. And these two stood by Jordan. Hey. 
And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over. That Elijah said to Elisha. Look, ask now what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of my spirit be upon thee. Hallelujah. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass that as they still went on and talked, as he, Elijah and Elijah were walking, talking, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. I told you that they are spiritual animals. These are obviously not natural horses. They must be spiritual horses. And parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now, many people think Elijah went with a chariot. No. Elijah didn't go with a chariot. The chariot was the only thing that could separate Elijah and Elisha. Chariot of fire. So it came to pass, as they still went on, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. And horses of fire. And parted them. That's what parted them. And Elijah himself was taken up by a whirlwind. So Elijah did not go to heaven in a chariot. As some people think. It was, the chariot was the only method to separate someone who was coming to catch double portion. I see you catching a double portion of the anointing. Yeah. That is the kind of commitment that you need if you want to catch a double portion. Now, once again, Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father. Meanwhile, it wasn't his father. His father was Mr. Shaphat. But Elisha has be, Elijah had become his father. And you don't leave your father. You don't leave your father. Your, 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 your home is your home. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. So there were horsemen also. There were men in that char- chariot. And he was, he, was, he was blaming that chariot. That's why he even mentioned it. He said, the chariot, I think he wanted to curse them. Chariot of, is- of Israel and horsemen thereof. You have separated me from my father. And he saw them no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Yeah. Wow. Verse 13. Then he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. Wow. And went back. Now, you see, when spiritual things happen, you don't even know what has happened. You may not have any emotion, no feeling, nothing. But something wonderful has happened to you. Yeah, so he went back and he stood by the bank of Jordan, lonely, crying, hopeless, helpless. What he had been used to all along was no longer there. 
That's the effect of death. It's actually nothing but really what you are used to and it's not there anymore. So now he was crying by the river Jordan. Then he took the mantle, which was the only thing that had dropped. Hmm. Now he took the mantle that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over. So this was Elisha's first attempt to use the anointing or even try to see whether he was anointed. So what responded to his father was now responding to him. The river that responded to his father. If you remember, we were reading just a few verses. When Elijah came, he smote the same river and it parted and they walked through. When we go to Israel, you will see how the river Jordan is. No, I see you in Israel very soon. First Love Church, we are going soon. Now, you find out that when you see that river, you even look at the river, very muddy, you know, little river, not very big, not very big, but when he smote it, you, you, you see, for this water to part. Now, here comes Elisha. What responded to his father? Responded to him. That's how he knew that he was anointed. And that's how you also know that you are anointed. What responds to, you, to your father is now responding to you. Yes. The same effect of the preaching. The same effect that it has when your father preaches. The same effect that it will have when you are preaching. Hallelujah. So, once again, you see determination is needed. And you need to pass these tests. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various testings. You know, I don't like being tested. And I'm so glad I finished school. But I have so many tests that it's not, it's not a nice thing. Exams are really an unfortunate part of life. How many would agree with me that it is not a nice thing? Exam. Huh? There's too much pressure and tension. And the Bible says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when we experience diverse temptations. Now, you see, whenever you are tested, it means you are going to be promoted. So all that, Elisha went through four tests. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho and then Jordan. All right? But after going through these four pressure points, he was ready to receive. It was after the last one, Jordan. Then Elisha just says, Look, what do you want? What do you want? So there are four possible places for testings for your life. Yes. Now, you know what Jesus could have done? If Jesus was with Peter and Jesus realized that Satan is going to tempt you like, sift you like wheat, Jesus could have called Peter and said, Peter, come. Um, Do you see Bethany, whatever? Go there and uh, wait for me there. I'll be there on Tuesday. 
Just go right now. And Peter would have gone and would have not been around for the arrest. Yes. He could have saved him from being tested. Just send him to go to Bethany or somewhere else. You have sent him down to Galilee or somewhere to go and get organized some fish. And Peter would have missed the whole temptation. Yeah. Yeah. But he allowed him to come down and go through the test. Yes. So some of the testings, you see that it is God's will that you should go through. And when you go through, that is what proves who you are. So sometimes when you run away from the test, you realize you have run away from your promotion. Yes. Because Elisha was not given the double portion until he had been through the test in Gilgal, then the test in Bethel. Each time there were either prophets pushing him away from Elisha or Elijah himself pushing Elisha away from himself. Then Bethel, it was also happening. Sometimes a man of God can push you away because every man of God is a man before he's of God. Look, there are some men of God are very moody, but they are men of God. They are very moody. There are some men of God are not friendly. They don't, chat, they don't chat or speak. There are some men of God have no friends. But they are mighty men. There are some men of God have real sanguines. When it comes to money and show and everything, the, the sanguinity is big, you see. But they are men of God. They are men of God who are phlegmatic. They are slow about everything, including serving God, but they are mighty men. <laughs> yes. Each, each temperament, when you encounter a person, each temperament has a temptation with it. Yes. Because you, before you realize, it's not the anointing you are dealing with, but you are dealing with the person's moodiness. Or you are dealing with the person's depression. Or you are dealing with his anger problem. Or you are dealing with his lusts. Or whatever is sanguinity. Disorganization. That's why some churches are so disorganized. It's a sanguine pastor who is in charge of the church. Are you listening? Yes. yes. So that alone can drive you away. Or it's an African pastor with hamism and African bad leadership. The same type of leadership that we have in Africa that has destroyed Africa and turned it into a wilderness. That same type of leadership can be so much in the church. Yes. Very harmful and everybody in the system is poor. So, you, the man of God himself can move, push you away from himself. Then others are p- pressurizing you. So, Jesus could have said to Peter, look, go and buy some uh, fish, but they'll, they'll be cooking it tomorrow. So, wait there. And I'll actually send a message. I'll send John to come and pick it tomorrow, but just to save him. But Jesus said, no, no, no. go to the test. And when you fail the test, you know that you are nothing. And when you go through the test like Elisha, 
then you are worthy of a double portion of anointing. So Peter was now down. Elisha was now up. One failed, one passed. Elisha passed and Peter failed. Peter just went away. And so when Jesus came, he came to talk to Mary Magdalene. And you may say that Jesus liked Mary Magdalene. You better be careful with your thoughts. Where was Peter? Did Peter not say he doesn't know Jesus Christ? I am asking you a personal question. Did Jesus, did Peter not say he doesn't know, he doesn't, I said I am not, I don't know him. What about the other disciples? The Bible says, and they all forsook him and fled. Be careful what you, what you are saying and what you are thinking. Jesus was left with only Mary Magdalene. And the rest have dashed. They say they don't know. At the cross, it was left with Mary Magdalene and his mother. So when he was rising from the dead, he, did, he chose to speak to Mary Magdalene. Don't say, why didn't he speak to a man of God like Peter? Peter says he doesn't know him. Peter says he doesn't know him. Judas also says that he's worth 30 pieces of 30,000. He's selling him for 30,000. The others are saying that they don't know. They've also dashed. All forsook him. So the most powerful vision of the resurrection was given to Mary Magdalene. Yes. Be careful what you think. And be careful of evil thoughts. Yes. So Peter failed miserably and went down. Elisha resisted the pressure. Are you ready to resist pressure from... If you are under pressure, you are really called by God. If you are not under pressure, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Yes. So God is going to use you. And today, you must decide to go through every test. And succeed in every temptation. From Gilgal. Now what is Gilgal? Gilgal is the place, you know, when they were coming from uh, Egypt. So when we go to Israel, you see. You see the mountains. Can you imagine imagine what I'm, I'm trying to show you? You see mountains like this. Mountains. And then this is the Jordan River. And all after the Jordan River is Jordan. And on this side is Israel. Are you with me? So when they were coming to Israel, to the promised land, they came from there and they came up to the mountains. Then they came down and then they came to the river here. Are you, are you with me? Can you see over there? Why can't you see? I'm going upstairs now. Can you see now? Okay. This is the mountain and this is the river. Jordan, and this is Israel. So you know you hear you hear on the news West Bank. Uh-huh. West Bank is uh, this side of the the West Bank or the West Bank of the Jordan. Okay. So anyway, so they came. Then when Moses got to the top of the mountain, the Lord said to him, "You stand there and see." So on the top, we show you. We see this is where Moses stood. He said, "You shall see, but you will not enter." Are you with me? Yes. So when they came, they came to camp before Jordan. They came to camp at a place called Gilgal. You see, so that is where now Moses told them everybody should be circumcised again. 
some years ago. But it's like, let's, let's check an inspection, everybody to see who has not been circumcised. So they went on inspection through the whole town. To see those who are not said, when you are not said, hey, come to this side. 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 And they cut off all the first kings. Ajay, 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 ajay. So Gilgal speaks of a place of suffering and pain. Yes. On your way to the anointing. Yes. If you are not prepared for suffering and pain, then you don't know. Yes. In the ministry, there is suffering and there is pain. And on the road to the greatest anointings, you must be ready to experience some suffering. On the road to anywhere, there is suffering. No, no work is easy. No work is easy. Anybody who is a president of Ghana, he has really traveled and stayed in many places. One day, my, one of my pastors met one of these campaign teams far away in some town. And he sent me a message that, can I guess who is, is staying here? And I said, wow, it's one of the people I think became a president at the point. They are going round and round and round and round, round and round and round, convincing people to vote for them. So it's not an easy road for anybody to become a president. Are you with me? Yes. So if you are not prepared for the pain, then resign now. Take your paper and give your neighbor to resign. If you are not interested in suffering for Jesus, you can leave now. All right? So watch out for people who always complain. Recently, we had a pastor like that. He's known, he was complaining. When he was in this town, he was complaining. When he was in this town, he was complaining. When he was here, he was complaining. So we realized that there are people who are always unhappy, always complaining, always. It's not about what the issue is. They are always not content with whatever is going on. Always have something negative to say. Are there such people in this church? Check at the back. Is there anybody like that at the back? Like that. They are live streaming. You are, you are, here, you are here complaining, complaining about the heat. Do you know the hottest part of this church? The hottest part is here. Over there. Yes. It's very hot. It's baking. When you are there, you are being baked. Yes. You are just being smoked. I'm being baked. (laughs) Yeah, but we are happy. I said we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah. So in Gilgal, when you are going through the test of Gilgal, you must be ready for circumcision, for pain, and removal of nonsense from your life. Yeah. You know, I don't want to talk too much about circumcision, but it removes something from you. Yes. And circumcision, you know, like a lot of the infections and so on, they happen around the uncircumcised places. Are you there or you are leaving? Now, Gilgal is also the place where Moses told, uh, uh, God told Moses, 
you know, from here, or he told Joshua, from here there will be no more manna. Now you have to be mature. So on your road to the anointing, there comes a time where what you stumbled into accidentally or it's like it was all provided for you, you have to rise up. Yes, you have to rise up. And until the time comes where you are not depending on manna from heaven, but you rise up to do something that God wants you to do, you never become what you're supposed to be. You see, this is a good church. Everything is written in a book. Messages are there. Podcast is free. Books are there. Things are given. Your pastor is telling you whatever. Nobody is cheating you. Nobody is taking your money for to do anything. The work that is being done is more than the money you are giving. Yes. So you are used to things coming from above. You are used to just coming and the church is there. But now, there's no church. Now start all over. Start and let's see. Start and let's see what you can do. Start and see whether you can survive with all these extra things. Without all these extra things that have been easy for you all, all along. Where things are now different. Things are hard. And that's where you see when people go on the mission field, you see that they now see that things are not falling from heaven. You have to rise up and build. And you see a lot of people cannot build. That's why to be a bishop in this church, you must build a church. Otherwise, you'll never be made a bishop. No, 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 no. Not just inheriting things. Not just occupying things that are there. 947 kilometers of railway given to us. But when it was given to us, when the white man was not just putting things there for us, when we had to rise up and build, you see that we are incapable of building and of leading. Government after government comes. They can't even connect Accra and Kumasi. Years go by. Railways are destroyed. But now things are not being given to you. Just rise up and actually make a city. That's why today the most expensive places are still cantonments, ringway, and so on. That's what the white man made. Those are the communities the white man made in Ghana. And even in Kumasi, the same in Shaeso and Ahojo and so on. It's where the white man was, where he made his, his governor's palace and so on. Those are the only nice places. When they are taken away, so now build it yourself. Then we see. You see that we'll be fumbling for years. Every day, there's a reason. And they say, oh, the old government, they, they chop all the money. Oh, the price of cocoa has fallen, so now we don't get. Oh, now the oil, whatever was this. Oh, now this and that and that. So that is why God sends you at Gilgal, no more manna. Let's see who you are. Let's see who you are. That's the road to the anointing. That's why it's good for you to be tested. To see what you are made of. Whether you have understood what you are reading in the books. Whether you are really who you say you are. You can't be a Christian in Achimota school. And when you will go to university on the first day of school, you backslide. It means that when you were in school, you were just protected by secondary school protection. As soon as you come into the university where you can do whatever you want to do, then we see that you are made of nothing. You were going to SU because everybody was going to SU. You were going to church because your parents were going to church. But when the manna ceased, the manna is the supernatural provision that is always done for you. Where you have to now just be yourself, then we see that you are actually made of nothing. 
So on the road to the double anointing, you have to pass through Gilgal and tested at Gilgal. And Gilgal represents the place where things are not done for you. You have to rise up and plant corn and get food to eat, not heavenly food and heavenly provisions coming for you. Otherwise, you are nothing. It's just a fast. It's just all looking good, but actually there's nothing deep. You just from... From JSS to SSN, you, you've changed. JSS, you move from your father's house to your uncle's house and you've changed. You move from Accra to Kumasi and you are finished with Christianity. One change and whatever was done for you is no longer being done and you are suddenly changing into something else. It shows that you are just depending on the supernatural. So from the place of Gilgal, God says you are on your own now. Plant corn and let's see whether you can make things grow and whether you can, you can survive. Oh yes. It's, a, it's, it's the road to the anointing. Without passing through that, you are nothing. Yeah. And you can see, as soon as we as a country started to run our own things, look at, just look outside, look at, it's, it's all a slum. No matter what they say, then you come to Bethel. And in Bethel, if you remember what happened in Bethel, Bethel is a place where Jacob met God. It's a place of dreams and visions. And it's a place of encountering God. Genesis 28 verse 18. So when you are at Bethel, it speaks of the test of your dreams. That's where God gives you dreams. I have great dreams. You know, I have great dreams for God. <laughs> What was the name of this uh, lady, famous singer who died? Whitney Houston. She was, was she not a Christian? Yeah. And you see, when she was along her career, she started to try to sing a gospel. She tried. Yeah. Try to finance BB and CC finance. It's like you can see that the dream is there. It's for God. But then it just changed into the world. Yeah. So as for dreams, we all have dreams. How many have a dream from God? God is giving you dreams. There's nobody here without a dream, I tell you. The Holy Spirit gives dreams. The Holy Spirit gives what? Dreams. He puts a dream in your heart. Yes. And I'm seeing many of the dreams. Jacob had a dream. I had a dream to preach at crusades. To start churches. To plant churches. To preach. To build to do things. And I'm seeing a lot of my dreams come to pass. What about your dreams? Bethel is the place where Jacob had dreams. Will your dreams come to pass? But you know what happened there? At Bethel in Genesis 28, he said there, if God will be my God, I will do one thing. This stone will be the house of God. In other words, I will build the house of God. And number two, of all that God gives me, I will give him a tenth. I promise God my finances. You see, God is looking to see how committed you will be. Some of you are in this church. Up to now, you've not learned how. Look at it. This is Bethel. He said, I will give you one tenth. I mean, how can you be in church? You have still not learned to give God the tenth. Then what will you give him? Hmm? 
What will you give to God if you can't give him just 10% of the 100 CDs that you got? What is 10% of it? 10 CDs. Wow, that's a problem, you see. Somebody gave you 250 CDs. And you can't give God 25 CDs. Wow, that's serious. All through, when we are taking tithes, you see just a few people coming. The road to the anointing always involves money. Do you know why? When you are anointed, it attracts money. Anointed people attract money. Anointed people attract gifts and oil and money. Sometimes somebody will be standing there who needs more money. You tell the person, oh, give money to this person. Oh, no, no, no. It's you. I want to give it to you. They say, oh, no, I'm okay. Then the person will say, oh, even the sea, it rains on the sea. So please accept this rain. With Proverbs. <laughs> so God wants to, you to know what are you going to do when he gives you money. Can you imagine if, you know, and that's what's happening in the country. You think Ghana doesn't have money? Eh? More that than we need. More that than. More that. But where is the money? If this church wanted to steal money and take the money that you give to use it for whatever, We will not be here. Yes. We just loot. We just loot. Or write contracts which don't mean what they are saying. Contracts which are super inflated. When you could have built all the roads, you built five roads. Wow. That's what has happened to the country. So it looks as if the country is poor. So God, when he wants to give you a big anointing, very big. How many want a big anointing? Raise your hand if you want a big anointing. He first tests to see whether you will give him one tenth. Whether you will be honest with what he gives you. Yeah. Whether you, you see church money there and you put it in your pocket. Ever. Whether you can if ever put one dollar of God's money in your pocket and walk away feeling normal. Or one dollar that does not belong to you. You, you can walk away with it free, feeling okay. That you are going to spend 10 CDs of even your tithe that you feel normal and not afraid to spend it. Keep teaching. God will test you. God will test you. And God is testing. That's why people don't have anything because if God was to give you, you would just loot it. Yeah. All these people who are made bishops, 20 of them, all of them building cathedrals. Many of them, the, the money that was built to you did, just, did not come from there. It should have been money looted all over the world. Kenya, Zambia, here, here, all over. Millions of dollars. You know, God will always test you before he puts you, because at a point in the ministry, you'll be like, you are standing in a river, and it's money that is flowing, always flowing around. Whether you just heap it up, One day I went to a certain country in West Africa whose name begins with an N. And when I was there in the hotel, I saw outside, have you seen a water stand with a 
water tanks. What's it called? Polytank. And they told me that there was a general or somebody who was staying. That was his hotel. And I think before they had some whatever, the polytanks were full of dollars. Polytanks, full. It was outside. So nobody thought of it that it's not water. Full. Yeah, what will you do with it? A, a friend of mine went to a certain country whose name begins with an alphabet. And when he finished preaching, there was a man, he said, come. And the man took him to his house and opened a door. The man was telling me, he said, the room, full of money. <laughs> there are houses that are just full of money. You can, he said, euros, dollars, pounds, stuck on crates. So he was just stunned. And the man took like this and just gave him. So later when he counted, it was about 20-something thousand pounds. So he was saying that, oh Lord, why didn't the man pick a bigger? Because he didn't, he didn't count. He just picked and gave it to him. That's the kind of money people are keeping. Millions. So God is saying to us, when I trust you, with anointing. Money is flowing. In fact, it will never flow until you are trusted. Yeah. Bonky was raising $1 million every month for his crusades. Bonky. People trusted him. They gave him $1 million every month. He was raising $24 million every year. People trusted him. So, yeah, millions. He told me a person gave him one, gave him $1 million check. He told me, I want to tell you to encourage you. Just gave him. Well, he said, God will, God will do the same. Hallelujah. Just give him money. Millions. He said, they trust him. So he's going to preach. They know him. They see him. They see him in Africa, every town. Preaching everywhere. Keep preaching. He has money. What will you do? So Bethel and then Jericho is a place of war. Are you ready for fighting? Are you ready to fight the devil? Are you ready to fight for God? That's Jericho. When you get to Jericho, you must be ready to be a fighter and experience the power of God in your life. Lift your hands and say, I'm ready for fighting. fighting. Amen. We are ready to fight God. Fight for God. Not fight God. Fight for God. Who is that? Who said fight God? Huh? And finally... Jordan. Everybody say, I'm winning. I'm winning this battle. I'm winning in Gilgal. I'm winning in Jericho. I'm winning in Bethel. What is Bethel? Bethel is where God sees that you give him one tenth. Yeah. God is, Bethel is where you say, I'll build a house for God. And finally, Jordan. I see you coming to Jordan. Do you know what is in Jordan. Jordan is where you receive the double portion of the anointing. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, there is a place where you see that the anointing you desire is on you. Yes. 
One day I went for a crusade and I said, oh, I can see Bunkie's anointing is working in my life. I, I, I saw it. I saw, when I saw the people standing there like trees, plenty, no chairs. I said, wow, something is happening. Yes. When they told me that we have pr- printed between 20 and 30 million books. I can see that there's an anointing, Kenneth Higgins anointing that is working. Yes. Even John Wesley's anointing to fight to wrangles and to build churches. Jordan is happening to you. That is where you are going to see how many want the grace that is on your father. You must desire it. You know, I mean, I pray, like, let the grace that is on Hagen, let it be on me. I, I, I mention his name. Yes, I mention. I mention the grace on this person, I want it on my life. I mean, I'm not shy about anointing. I say, the grace that this person has, I want to have. Specific, I mention the name, this man, this, the grace that he has to do this, 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 this. I want this grace on my life. Because Philippians 1, 7 says that you are partakers of my grace. So you can actually pray for a grace. Like the grace that is on somebody should be on you. Yes. The grace. The grace. The grace. And it is in Jordan you start to see. Hey! Things are responding to me just like it's responded to my father. The grace to be without death is coming on you. So from today, I want you to be ready to fight through every war and come to the place of Jordan. And at Jordan, you will have your dreams met. Hallelujah. If you want to have whatever vision you have, you know, it's the place of becoming what you want to be. You become a true son at Jordan. That's where you say, my father. That's when you call somebody, my father is real. Most people, when they say daddy, papa, you know, it's not real. But there's a place where you come, you say, my father is true. It's your father. Yeah. There's a place when you say, my father is your father. But there's another one that is just a word. You know, in Ghana, we call everybody father. Oh, papa, oh, daddy. Oh, da, pa. Da, pa, da, pa, da, pa, da, da, pa, da, pa, da, pa, da, pa, da. Huh? But there's a place where when you say, this my father is true. Because that's what Elisha came to. He said, my father, my father. My father, my father. Wow, it was true. That's, that's Jordan. That's when you become a real son. And that's when you are a son, you are qualified. My son Joshua, he's been my son since he was born. But he became a, a son in a different way. Yes, at a point. This is, this is, it was a, as for son, you can't say you are not your son. It's a biological something. But you may not be a spiritual son. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. So you may have the biological, but you are not spiritual. You are, not, you, are not a, you, are not, you are not carrying the spiritual genes and the graces that make you a son. 
And you may be a member of the church. And you may even be a pastor, but you're not carrying. You, you can't, it's, it's not really chosen my father. But you see, you must aim to get to this Jordan place. Yes, where well, when he goes, what comes spontaneously is my father. You see, when my wife was having a baby, she started speaking French. And, and that's when I, I knew that she was not yet in pain. Because I felt that if she was in pain, she would speak Fanti or she would say some other word. But when she started speaking, Je suis malade. I said, no, 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 no. The, the labor is not yet working. I told her, it's not yet time. You will not speak French. You will speak another language. Ajay! Yehovah! Something like that. But when she started speaking French, I said, no. So when Elisha was provoked, what came out of him naturally was my father. My father. This is my father. Yes. So Jordan is a place where you become a son. It's a place where you receive a double portion. It's a place where you see things responding to you in the same way that it responded to your father. Jordan is a place where you start your ministry with anointing. You you see that there's power to do what you are doing. There's grace. There's power. Yes, and I see you coming to that place. Don't let the devil change your mind, oh. That's how I started this preaching, and that's how I'm ending it. When Satan decides to sinyazo you, and say, you, you were acting, eh? You're acting, eh? I'll show you something. Hey! You, you were acting, you see? That's how I saw you were pretending to be the devil. I'll show you something. Be careful. When you were singing, so you were singing, eh? You were singing that what? You were singing, I found it, eh? I'll show you what you found. You were giving the testimony last time, eh? Okay, no problem. We see. Satan has desired to test you. And how is he testing you? It's to push you away from what you said at the beginning. Please, what did you say at the beginning? What did you say at the beginning? You said you will go to where? Prison and death. That was how you started it. That was very high. And, you are, and in the end, you see, Peter went to prison and to death. When you go to the Vatican, they show you where... They believe he was crucified. He did it. And I see you are all going to achieve whatever God has given you to achieve. You will come there. You will come there. No matter the test. Yes. It's going to happen. Receive the anointing. Receive the graces. Receive the power. Receive the power of God. I see you passing through Gilgal. You are going through Bethel. You are going through the walls in Jericho and you are coming to the Jordan to receive the power and the anointing of the Lord. Stand to your feet and lift your hand and thank God for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. For your grace, your blessing.
you've given to us. May we receive that oil and that anointing. Now, I want you to just lift your hand and pray for a moment. Lord, whatever test there is, I am going through. I'm going through. I'm counting it all joy. I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm going through to receive the oil. My dreams will come true. My dreams will come to pass. I will pass through the test and I will come out shining. In the name of Jesus. I'm going through Gilgal. I'm going through Bethel. I'm going through Jericho. I'm fighting in Jericho. And I'm coming to Jordan. The place where I'll be ready to receive the anointing and the grace that is on my father. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today and you want to receive Jesus as your savior, lift up your hands. Okay, put your hands down. If you are here and you want to receive the anointing, Lift up your hands, your two hands. Let me pray for you. Father, let every hand that is lifted up be blessed with an invisible mantle. With this mantle, may they accomplish what they have never dreamed would be possible. May you be empowered to survive every test and every form of pressure every type of pressure on your life in the name of Jesus receive the mantle receive the grace receive the power to become what is in your dreams whatever God showed you at Bethel in your dreams Receive the grace. Receive the grace. No matter how long it takes, receive the grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, as every eye is closed, every head is bowed. Father, thank you. If you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. I need to pray with you right now. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, raise up your hand right now. This is the second time I'm giving you a chance to give your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, only those who've lifted your hand, come come from where you are standing with your hand up. Come to me now. Very quickly. say this prayer together lift your hands say if you want to give your life to Jesus you must come here now you want to be born again you want to say Jesus I want to take you as my savior Jesus is the savior of the world God bless you God bless you God bless you as you come lift your hands and say this prayer with me say Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my life I give my heart to Jesus Christ. 
Please wash away my sins. Make me a new person. Through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I am a child of God. From today, I will serve Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I want to give you one of my books, this one. How to be born again and avoid going to hell. What a blessing. Now, as soon as we close, all of you who pray this simple prayer with me, come to the corner over there. God is going to touch you. If you have this book, when we close, come to that corner. We are going to pray with you before you go and share something with you, okay? In just five minutes and you'll be on your way home. God bless you. Put your hands together for them as you may be seated. Take your communion and let's hello take your communion and let's pray over it. Take eat this is my body which is broken for you drink this is my blood which was shed for you whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life for my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed the cup of blessing which we bless it's the communion of the blood Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said, whoever eats my flesh has life. Amen. Have you got your bread? Now, as we take this communion, how many believe in life? How many see sometimes when somebody dies, you can't even understand it, isn't it? It's like, how can it be? Whenever we receive communion, I want you to believe that God gives you life. Because Jesus said, if you eat my... He didn't say spiritual life. He said life. He said, if, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have spiritual life. He said, you have life. Which includes physical life as well as spiritual life. But it includes your physical life. So what we are going to eat is administering life. Life. So now this is the power part of the service because you are receiving something intangible and something supernatural. You get it? Something powerful that is entering your whole life. Stand to your feet. May life come into you as you receive this bread. Father, this is converted into your body. Let it be a great blessing as we eat this body and drink this blood let life extension of years prolongation of days spiritual life all that is in life enter into every child of God here today the body of Jesus Christ
Now, the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh. Sing it with me. All the blood of Jesus. mistake you've made whatever sin you've committed whatever you've been told that you are not good about whatever has even been revealed to you about your shortcomings and your failings may you find mercy through the blood of Jesus may the power in the blood of Jesus wash away all your errors and mistakes and sins and may you receive new life when I see the blood, I will pass over. May all judgments pass over us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for your blessing. Oh, the blood of Jesus. May you live long. Amen. May you survive every test. Amen. May you overcome the east blasting wind Amen. that is blowing on your life to push you away from your course. Amen. May you resist the enemy. Amen. May you overcome Satan. May you overcome temptations. Amen. May you be stronger than your enemies. Amen. May your forehead be harder than the forehead of your enemy. Amen. May you, the outcome of your battle be that you are victorious. Amen. Whatever disease is disturbing you, receive your healing from it now. Receive your healing now. Receive life now. Let every fear that is in you be banished in the name of Jesus. Whatever you are afraid of and afraid about, may it never come to pass in Jesus. He delivered me from all my fears. Therefore, you are delivered from all your fears. By the power of the blood of Jesus, whatever is hunting you and chasing you like the chariots of Egypt, that were chasing the Israelites because of the blood of the Lamb, you have escaped from all of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me hear your loudest amen. amen. Any evil that has targeted you Professor. and fixed its eye on you yes. as 
your, as their target something that is meant to eliminate you in Jesus name I curse it today you are blessed I see a rock that was used to make you stumble but that rock has been disintegrated today in Jesus name let me hear your loudest amen whatever made you fall last year made you fall this year God has taken it out of your life in the name of Jesus Christ now may your hands be lifted up may your hands be hands of victory may your voice be the sound of joy and rejoicing May God give you the upper hand. May your enemies be disappointed. May God's power be with you every day. The Lord send angels to fight for you in the name of Jesus. May a superior force fight for you on your behalf. In the name of Jesus. I send you out of here with your hands lifted up and rejoicing over your enemies and over all that hate you. The Lord shall contend against those that contend against you. In the name of Jesus, everyone that sits at a meeting to discuss you and to eliminate you, himself shall be eliminated. In the name of Jesus, every wicked decision against your life and your soul, I cancel it today in the name of Jesus. Let your hand be lifted in rejoicing and victory. May God give you the upper hand of victory. In the name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We believe you have been blessed by the preaching of God's word. For audio CDs, DVDs, books and other resources by Dykewood Mills, please visit our website at www.dykewoodmills.org. God richly bless you. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note. It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC.